words of the legendary Lou Gellerman. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including, and this may be a newsflash to uh, the former top dog in charge of our previous staff, recruiting! Uh, I am your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined tonight by the Darker Knight, otherwise known, or tonight known as Big Fish Energy, Hood Husky, signed in as Big Fish, and Johnny Tugs, Captain Tug. How are you gents doing this evening? No dogs. Doing well, man, doing well. It's, it's, it's doing good times good. on this side, man. Good times, man. Love, love watching personnel turn over. Hey, we could... Yeah, we, we've gone from competing for a national championship to actually getting into the conversation conversation for that offseason, Natty. It's not uh, the exclusive uh, providence of our feathered friends anymore. Um, I will say thanks, everybody, for listening and supporting the podcast. Uh, please do, if you get a chance, uh, jump over onto Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast five stars, leave us a quick review. We will start reading reviews on the podcast. It does help us grow our audience. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe share with your friends uh but uh without further ado beverages for the evening tugs what you got bud uh i'm uh sipping on some uh basil hayden again there neat uh, nice again keeping it classy as you do Good how about you, you? Know, i prepare my, myself for the you know i've been drinking a little bit i gotta prepare myself for this weekend you know what i mean so uh, I'm just sipping on a nice little red blend. You know, I got I got dinner dinner dinnering behind me. You know, got home late, so oh yeah, I'm gonna sip <laughs> nice. this with with dinner. But sipping it right now in the pot. Nice, nice. Darker night. How about you? Is is the dinner on the table or laying down? <laughs> oh, I'm oh, oh I'm a. Uh... <laughs> I'm on the same high quality H2O. Uh, <laughs> feeling refreshed. Oh my. Exposing <laughs> me. You're dry snitching. <laughs> he just said, he kept referring to dinner behind him. I was like, oh, you looking over his shoulder. I'm like, I'm like, shh, calm down. Shh. I'm like, he said, sure, is he blowing his food? <laughs> That's how you're going to do me. Wow. Well, if, if this is your first time listening or watching to the Sound of Siren podcast, this is how we, uh, <laughs> there are no subjects that are off limits or jokes that will not be at told. All. At all. <laughs> oh, um, man. <laughs> but it is, it is on the, it is on the table. It's actually in the pot. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I do have a beverage this evening. Um, I've got a Hopworks Brewery. Uh, actually, an organic, a beastly organic honey porter. Um, not too bad. Not too bad. Doing... I'm going to have to uh, Google that one. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, moving along into uh, stupid tweets. The I, I don't have a singular stupid tweet to call out, um, but uh, I think we might have mentioned this one on the last one. But uh, And he's uh, doubled and tripled down on it, and it's just at Jason Shear. Yeah, that whole situation is awfully unfortunate. You know what I mean? I don't know. He had a rough. I don't know week, what type of duty he is. He's had a rough six weeks. Six man. weeks. I don't know what type of duty he is. Um, but just from you know listening to Arizona folks and you know and then watching his you know demeanor and stuff like that online, it just seems like you know just a real tough, tough couple weeks here, man. Um, 
I'm not a huge fan of like a, Dude, he's I'm not a huge fan piece. of like, you know, kicking somebody when they down cuz a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, you never know what they're going through. But at the same time like, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to be held accountable for certain things that you do. You know what I'm saying, especially in this day and time where there's lack of accountability for things. So, yeah. And the you got to call a thanks but no thanks conversation is it, bro, right? Anyway, Tugs, you said something I think it got cut. Oh. I have I haven't seen a spiral like that on Twitter in a long time. It's yeah. He, I, I mean, he he recommended a break, for, or at least he recommended Ryan's a break for himself, one. and I definitely think that that's much needed. I mean, to, to be honest, with you, and that lasted. Oh well, yeah, it was like it wasn't, hours. Even, it wasn't even that. That was crazy. It came back yeah. with a Pinocchio tweet, and I and, and you know, just personally, I understand you know needing a break, especially in this whirlwind. You know, what I'm saying it's 365 days now for the media as well, especially when you. Especially for these uh, schools that have like coaching and player turnover right now, you know, if you got the same staff going in the net this year, I, I pray for them fans. Y'all had a great off season. Cause Lord, the, the opposite is stressful. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, I think I, I think I was in a GC with you, gents, you know, in the days before the podcast, where I think I mm-hmm. took like a two to three month break. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to take, you know. Uh, but uh, uh yeah, other man. I don't, I don't know this one I've mentioned, but uh, it's college football report. Uh, they said the most three, and it's, I wouldn't say stupid, just you know misinformation. Uh, but the most three stars or lower drafted in the last five years for current Power Five conference programs. Um, you know, and now I'm, I, you know, obviously Washington's numbers were wrong, so I can't imagine what. You know, the, if, if the numbers are right for everybody else, but he has Washington's number at at four. And um, I just commented on the same thing. Um, counting up nine from 2019 to 2023. Um, K. Dot and Joe Tryon, Levi, um, Nick Harris, Vimber Cartman, Miles Gaskin, Jordan Miller, Drew Sample, Greg Gaines. And then a couple of people mentioned uh, Vita was a three star as well. Yeah, Vita. I was gonna say Vita. Vita was a three, if not like a two, because I think there was like a there was some some I think was then, a little wonky with Vita. And then but I don't I, know, like you know, I did twenty nineteen to twenty twenty three, assuming that they were gonna be counting twenty twenty four. But if you go to even twenty eighteen's draft, I think you have, uh, yeah, Will? I think you add into there too. So, Disley? um. And it's weird how, you know, star. you know, obviously getting drafted is something that you take pride in, but I think analyzing NFL starters is also kind of a, a benchmark as well. And you got guys like Miles Bryant and even Alex Cook, who started some games this year, um, you know, and think of last year, Keith Taylor started some games, I mean, for the Panthers last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that number was wildly wrong. Uh, and I corrected it. Uh, people obviously agree with me, but yeah, just obviously if you're going to put those things out, at least do a little bit of your homework. You know what I mean? So, and the number was off by like a lot. Like yep. It was like double plus a couple. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. I will say on, on the flip side of this and what we're going to try and pilot as a new segment. And that would be the tweet mm-hmm. of the week or the elite tweets of the week. Um, I think we got to give this one to, uh, uh, Debo <laughs> Dividome. Uh, I think he's been in a couple of GCs that I've been in, uh, you know, post CFP or, pre to post cfp um his ad is at chrysler pretzels um 
and he was responding to a uh, a tweet from our good friend and frequent appearer in the stupid tweet segment go uh, G A O U X Ducks uh who's saying no disrespect but betting JJ goes number 1 may be the worst bet of all time and uh to which uh Debo responded nah, I want to bet on Oregon to be Washington <laughs> that's his worst bet that, hey that was an elite response bro that was <laughs> That's uh, some high quality shit. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he was ready for that. I don't know if he even responded either. That's the crazy part. He, I don't think he did because that's what uh, Mortal Kombat would call a fatality. All right, uh, moving into uh, the first topic uh, of our kind of two topic pod for the evening. Um, you know, kind of looking at the coaching staff. You know, obviously since since we last recorded, the coaching staff has been mostly completed um we're you know a month and five days or so or no i guess it's a month and like seven days into the to, to our fishing era um what what do we think so far of you know i think this is not necessarily like we'll, we'll talk about recruiting and we'll talk about we got so many commits that i haven't had a chance to watch all of the films so i apologize we'll cover who we can and um i'll talk about the ones who i have seen um but what do um, we think of I'll, the staff I'll, a month I'll, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to remember all the staff members' names and things, but um, I'm extremely excited about the staff. Um, and I'll just say outside of fish, just the support staff. Um, we're only getting like rumors and then a few hires in regards to a lot of the off field staff and stuff like that. So as that kind of you know, materializes, we'll be able to kind of uh, hone in and focus on, you know, some of the big names they may bring in for off field jobs and things like that preparation staff. But um on field, um, I decided to say position by position. Obviously, it sucks losing a guy like, you know, Grub, um, you know, being able to whisper to these uh, quarterbacks and things like that. But then you get Doherty in there who you talk about quarterback play. Um, I think if you look at Noah Fafita um, and the development there, uh, and not only just um, with his athletic ability and his ability to play quarterback, but just the, the pre-snap, rec- pre-snap recognition and stuff like that for redshirt freshmen to be able to go in there and, and even know where guys are if he has to extend plays. So that development there, pretty, pretty dope. Um, um, and I'll say Scotty Graham, a former player, obviously you have the, um, and I'll let some of you guys go too, but um, uh, you know, you had the video today highlighting his NFL career, his NFL chops, and then some of the guys he's even been responsible for developing. So um, I think as you go down the, the list, I think one thing we can see is either comparable, um, you know, drills and skills um, with significantly, um, you know, increased recruiting chops from the previous staff. So I think you leveled up all in all. Um, I'll let some of you guys, I guess, talk about the, the some of the bigger defensive hires. Uh, but Cummings is a dog. I think that's a comparable um, comparable um, coach to, to, you know, Shep and a guy like June. Uh, so you're not really falling off there. Um, Pow Pow, obviously coming back. So, yeah, I'll let some of you guys get off on, on how you guys feel on some of these guys. But holistically, just that, just recruiting chops and drills and skills are elevated as well. I think you hit the nail, nail on head with, mm-hmm. with Scotty Graham, I think. I mean, more impactful recruiting in a month than <laughs> sorry, than we saw from Lee Brooks in the last year and change. Um, I mean, obviously, Pow Pow is a, is a returner. Welcome back. Um, we saw what he could do with some of the guys we were talking about. Um, I think in that undrafted or uh, three stars that got developed and drafted into the NFL, um, Jordan Pau had a lot to do with. Um, 
certainly, you know, Kevin Cummings, I think, I don't think the Arizona offense becomes what it is Agreed. without the work that he did. Um, I was listening to, I think that whether it was podcast at champions or I don't remember now. No, actually I think it was lockdown Husky shouts to Roman and Lars um, that brought up like, look what happened to, to Dorian Singer. Mm-hmm. He departed from Arizona and became just like, basically receiver <laughs> non grata at USC. I mean, yes, they had a talented room, but there were enough footballs and enough passes to go around and he wasn't getting any of them. Um, you know, certainly I think that there's a lot to, I mean, you see the the commitment, we'll talk about Otter Karras in a little bit. Um, very encouraged with that. I'm really, really kind of, int- certainly I'm intrigued with the, the direction they're going with this 33rd NFL team thing having a Carol and a Belichick on staff. Um, speaking of which, I'm like, and, and the one comment that I'll make in terms of, I know um, that unique pressures and, and bringing blitzes was something that the, that the belt that Belichick, Steve, I'm talking about kind of leans into as a DC and uh, our, our transfer from San Jose state, like basically seems kind of tailor-made for a staff that wants to bring pressures um, from different eras. I, I went back and looked at a little bit of the, the bowl game for San Jose State against uh, Coastal Carolina and like that second defensive highlight shown in that like 13 minutes is um, it ends up being a touchdown to the opposite side, but uh, Brian just <laughs> blows by the tackle and like he, the only reason he didn't get to the quarterback was uh, he got <laughs> Kind of shades of like Michigan and oh man, national championship game. That's times. I love it that um, I just want to say what kind of go off on what you said about being the 33, 33, 33rd NFL team. That uh, he was t- Fish was talking about. We've we've lived it. We could tell you what it's like. NFL money is better than NIL money and we'll get you there. We're going to get you there type deal. And I just like the recruiting is taken off and uh, it's just going to get, keep getting better. Yeah. I'm pretty jacked up about this stuff and I can't wait to see what they could do. Agree. And I was going to say, I love the youth infusion. Um, you get some guys, some familiar faces, the Jimmy Doherty's, the Jordan Papow's, you know what I mean? Uh, coming back to Montlake, but then you have the the young infusions of the up and coming innovative coaches, the Vinnie series, um, the Kevin Cummins, the John Richardsons. Um, those are the kind of guys that you need, especially um, to go in those areas that we've avoided for so long in recruiting and getting a lot of those those highly talented, you know, four plus five in, plus star type Hawaii guys. Now. Uh, back, back in, in Hawaii the now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in Hawaii, back in Utah. Yep. Yep. And Utah, um, which is nice. You know what I mean? It's something comforting that, you know, about that, that we haven't had in a while where it was kind of nice. Yeah. You had your OKGs and, you know, we knew, you know, those guys are going to be max effort type of guys. And we knew like it was going to be strictly on development, but the staff is like, Hey, we know we can develop players, but let's not strictly rely on development. Let's go get some dogs, you know? And uh, yep. they have a they have a mindset of you know if you get those guys in a room I mean you get Jeff Fish, Vinny Sincere, John Richardson, Kevin Cummins, and Scotty Graham in a the room. There's not many recruits are going to wow. be able to say no. You know what I mean they're going to be able to sell not only the parents but the kids. And uh, 
like I love Scotty Graham. You can just tell he's kind of that. He's kind of what we lost, and um, when you look at our <laughs> former receiver coach, who we love so much, uh, but he's he's kind of in that fold, but uh, uh, a vet in a sense. But you can just tell like his connections and just the way he carries himself that he's easily relatable to everybody. Great, you know what I mean? Um, and I I love that. Um, and you can just tell like usually coaches come out there and they tell you what what you want to hear, but Fish is actually. I mean, when he assembles a staff, you could tell they have one one goal in mind. When he says he wants to have the best recruiting class, you know, in 2025, like he means it. He's not just saying it to be like, yeah, maybe, you know, no, he's aiming to do that. And he's going to make sure the faces around the program, um, whether externally, internally, you're going to see a lot of, you know, NFL high quality guys. You're going to have guys come and talk to the team. You're going to see a lot of branding. Um, for you to football that we haven't seen before, but a lot of behind the scenes that you haven't seen before. And you can just tell he's marketing it like an NFL franchise. And I think that's what you're speaking. There was also, too, uh, you know, I really didn't apply a lot of pressure to, um, I'd say, you know, Lake his last year and then Kalen in regards to recruiting, just because, um, you know, a lot of guys, when they commit here, they're here for the long haul. And, you know, it's not like a, especially a lot of those guys in that 2018, 2019, 2020 class. They were they were kind of in this for the long haul, so I kind of gave the the, couple, the last two previous staffs you know passes in regards to high school recruiting just because of the classification uh, classification uh, balance on the team was just a little odd. Um, you know, you kind of lose out on guys like Connerly. You know, he says things like, "I didn't want to have to wait two three years to touch the field," and that was kind of the roster composition for the past three years. So it was tough to really like recruit impact players and really sell them on the early playing time that. You know, there's other there's blue bloods that can offer that. You know, like Washington didn't stand out in that regard. Like, why am I going to sit at Washington? You know, I'd sit at Alabama or I'd sit at Texas. But, you know, so I think you kind of have you've kind of gotten rid of that um, with a lot of this uh, current class leaving. You get rid of a lot of those guys. And granted, you still are going to have a lot of guys from 2019 and 2020s team here. Um, but there's a lot more available uh, available playing time now. So, you know, we talked about I think last part about potential freshmen playing and things like that, um, you're going to, you now have that availability. And so, exactly. And so when you talk about 2025 it. recruiting, you know, a top tier, a top tier class, um, it's because you now have the availability too to be able to pitch that, you know, so unlike the last four or five years. I mean, with the, I mean, with, with the, I mean, to that point, like no disrespect to Josh Connerly, but with the play that we've seen to tackle from the last, over the last two years with Troy and Roger, who is he, who, who is he playing in set? I mean, maybe he plays exactly, inside. Exactly. You know, and it. He play he plays guard instead, and you know Nate or Julius or and Connerly, but and, and Connerly is simply take... like more of like an example of what we weren't able to offer a lot of these high profile kids. You know that wanted to come in here and play. You know, it's rare that you're going to find a Cormani McLean that has so much respect for the staff that he's going to decide to be a five, high level five star and, you know, sit on the bench for the first year. It's rare you're going to find those guys. And, and we can, yep. like UW attracts those, but I think with this, this go around, you're going to see a lot more, there's a lot more room for instant impact high school freshmen. And this staff is that type of staff yep. that has the chops to bring people in. Well, and yeah. And we weren't, you know, both from a staff, let's, let's call a spade a spade at the time both from a staff perspective and a Motley Futures perspective and an athletic department perspective, we weren't playing the game. We're playing the game now. We oh, are yeah. playing that game. And 
and it's pressure and it's, it's something else that I appreciate about fishes. Like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you know, you know, Arizona fans, everybody's like, Oh, he's going to leave in two years. He's going to leave next year whatever. And it's like, yeah. And that's actually a positive that could be like, if he does, that means we as a fan base need to continue to put pressure on Motley fan base and the athletic department because they didn't necessarily step up to the extent needed. Like, the department stepped up and Motley Future stepped up to every extent possible and then, with DeBoer for yeah. what DeBoer was looking for. Yeah. And he, and he bounced. That's not, that's not on them. And fish could leave as well. It's, it's possible that like they that that happens again, where the department and Motley Futures step up and there's still an opportunity, like newsflash to all of the Michigan fans having a meltdown and trying to, you know, come for the head of Ward Manuel an NFL head coaching job is better than any college job in the country because you don't have the 24 seven, 365 day responsibility to recruit. I don't care who you are. I don't care if Alabama is a seven time national seven times in a row national championship. If a serious NFL job with a serious franchise comes open and a sitting Alabama coach is going to leave for that job. Heck even a semi-serious or in a halfway serious in a year or two, uh, coach at Alabama well, so is going to leave not for even, that job. And we saw today, today it's not even, you know, um, the NFL. It's it's just the label of a head coach at a collegiate program now. You know, you saw the head coach at Georgia State leave to take tight ends coach at South Carolina today. You know what I mean? A lot of the pressures of head coach has just gotten unreal. And, you know, and it, and it, and it, there is, you know, the game can adjust, the rules can adjust to keep these guys, you know, here for a longer time. But the way it's kind of going now, um, it, that's it's not inducing or enti- sorry, enticing any of those any head coach. Head coach is the toughest job right now in all of football, I would say, in college football. Absolutely. Well, and I think, and the other big thing about it is, is what you're going to see, and it's. I don't think you can necessarily use Chip Kelly as the shining beacon as an example because Chip mm-hmm. Kelly didn't give a shit from the day he stepped on campus at UCLA. Chip Kelly did not give a fuck other than getting paid, but we are in an era where we are going to see the continued separation and um, stratification of the haves and the have nots, the power for the power to, you know, what is the power for what is essentially like, Hey, look at our new head coach. We got Jed Fish because we are a power two program and yep. Arizona is not. And we're going and we're acting from a departmental and a and a and an NIL initiative and fan base. We are acting like a program that belongs in the conversation as one of the best twenty prop programs in college football. I mean period. And that's the pressure that we need to keep on our I, I'm very happy as a Husky fan because we're stepping up. And, and, and I appreciate the last sentence there, man. Like, I understand, you know, the 11 wins, you know, the 14 wins. It's real easy to kind of just put your hands up and be like, yo, I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust these guys. Nah, it's our it's our job as fans, you know, and using our platforms to hold them accountable to keep the ball rolling, to keep the wheel rolling. Um, you know, and that's part of the stress of being a head coach, right? Like, you know, we a lot of fans put the majority of that pressure on people. But at the same time, you know, we can't be blinded by, you know, the the on-field success while we actively ignore the uh, the lack of, you know, recruiting chops of some of the guys that are on staff. Um, you know, and I'm not assuming that that's going to happen moving forward, but we still got to make sure because then now it's like, 
what's funny is, is the narratives that I was talking about and saying, you know, we're going to lose a bunch of people this year. I was saying it all, all during the season. You know, we're going to lose a bunch of people. Where are the instant impact portal guys? Where are the instant impact high school guys? And then it's funny, I got like told, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Trust the process. But then when DeBoer leaves, they start talking about how DeBoer can't recruit. So it, it was kind of interesting how that kind of played out. I mean, I think it would have, I think, I think DeBoer had, and I will give him this amount of credit and that staff, if he'd stayed and the staff had stayed together. They would have had which, a, I mean, their like, best year. Let's be honest. This year. Prudent. Yeah. They would have had their best year in recruiting, like even with a step back with everybody leaving that system with the talent that we still had in place, Parker would still be a Husky. Um, there's a number of players that are elsewhere now that probably would still be Huskies. We were still going to be probably something in the vicinity of a nine to 10 win program next year with the previous staff, just because the system is that fucking effective. Ryan Grubb is is not the head coach or is not the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. If we're still the head coach, the university was, it was a perfect, you know, happening. I, I would trade, I would trade that staff for this staff and the results of the last two years. I would take that trade all day, every day, bro. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the road that we took and what we have now versus, say, that staff having a bigger learning curve and being here another year or two to, to have us on that ride and seeing and then try, trying to figure it out two years from now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. See you next. And and like if Jed leaves, thank you. Recruit like you promised us. Or even if you don't have the best class, but you land a, 10 cl- a top and 10 class. We've proven that we're as a as a, as a school and a program that we will uh-huh. pay top dollar for a head coach. You you don't think that when Jed leaves, if he recruits like he's this staff is capable of, that there's not going to be a line out the door to be the next head coach at the University of Washington? Yeah. Come on now. I'm going in it. I'm going into his hiring as he's going to be gone in three years, if not sooner. Like. Whatever, as long as he recruits, leaves us in a good spot, it, I'm I'm okay with this. Like, I'm not gonna. Li- I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna be happy about it, but like, that's just the nature of the beast. It is. And to now, think the like, momentum whatever. that we have with all these staff hirings, we still have one spot open. So I mean, we ain't even shook the spot mm-hmm. in regards to that linebacker room. You know what I mean? We haven't yeah. even haven't even got to what that name is gonna be. And even if it's a name that's under. The rug, you know, they've already done a phenomenal job so far. But Please. if you can make that a splash higher, you know, that's one of the things we were talking about, you know, in regards to comparing our staffs to, to other staffs around the country is just, you know, on the surface, like not not all the time does this guy got to be a great teacher of the, the sport. Like you can leave that to some of the, um, some of the, you know, not GAs, but like the, the analysts or some of the drillers, some of the assistant coaches in the room, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, you can lead that to that. We just need you to sometimes to, to bring these guys in the room. You know what I mean? Bring them. Well, and speaking of analysts or people that might be contributing part-time, but not necessarily by no means on like a staff basis. Whoa. Um, Come on. Two guys with rel- relatively famous staff names that are drawing salaries from the University of Washington and a couple of guys that know a little bit about football that are going to be around that building. Type-ish on this time, bro. <laughs> Just a little bit more tight ish on this side, man. You know, you have to cut Kellen's off hoodies everywhere. What was that, Kellen? I'm a cop. Have to cut off I'm... hoodies everywhere. <laughs> I'm gonna cop one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, throw out a mullet. 
that's not going to happen. That ain't happy, but <laughs> that would not be a yeah, that would not a be lot a of people for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, business in the front. Gonna get I, don't have, I don't have enough hair up front to call it business <laughs> in the front. Nasty work, bro. That's crazy work right there. Um, but I just think that there's so much to be excited about. I'm really intrigued to see, like, you know, what Vinny Sinceri brings um, with his, you know, national championship pedigree at Alabama with his experience in the NFL. Um, certainly great to have Coach Doherty and Coach Pow Pow back. Um, you know, Coach Kafusi. Um, I mean, Tyler yeah. Owens did a job too. Like, I mean, yes, it sucks to lose McKeefree, and, you know, McKeefree did a hell of a job with this team. Um, but it's not, I, I don't think we've gone from Coach McKeefer to <laughs> Ivan Lewis. And who's the, uh, <laughs> or Eric Catcher Straight? Man, I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking right now, but do you guys know who the the speed coach is? I know the, oh man, I was, oh. I, uh, John Shaw. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was uh, one thing. At that. Yeah, director of speed yeah, development. One thing I'll say is, is uh, the last staff really focused on you know building the Troy Faltanu type body. You know what I mean? Um, just kind of that that super big, athletic, powerful kind of guy. Um, it was like strength and endurance. I think with this uh, strength and conditioning staff, you're going to see more speed and lean athletes and the lean athleticism, um, with also couple, uh, coupled with that endurance. So I do think you'll see team speed go up. I think last offseason and the previous offseason, we saw some weight fluctuations that were a little a little interesting. Guys getting heavier, you know, guys like Braylon Trice getting up to 270, 275 back-to-back years, um, you know, things like that. So I think we'll definitely see a little bit more slimming down of a lot of the skilled players and a lot of guys, I would say, in the linebacker room that need to kind of go sideline to sideline, um, you know, maybe even in the D-line. So. And I think that the name that we haven't talked a lot about, and and I'm going to make this comp in the best way possible in all of the positive aspects of what this guy brought to the program. But if you're looking for Jimmy Lake 2.0, up until the mm-hmm. point where he was our defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. it's John Richardson. <laughs> I mean it, like I said, in all the best ways possible and with a with a schematic style with this defense and what this staff likes to do that's going to lend itself even more toward really good defensive play and continued putting people at that position into the NFL. Um, this team likes to play like this staff mm-hmm. likes to play man. And you're, you see that with Ephesians price sock. Like you, you see that with while, you know, with why EJ stayed around, like um, I was going to say it when, uh, well, I'll save this. My, my next, my follow-up comment when we get to the, to the commits part of the discussion, but uh Good thing. Yeah, I think the body type is the main thing on the outsides too. And then with Prysock, you know, I think a lot of um, the NFL is going towards having that fifth DB. Um, And that fifth DB was typically kind of, it had to be the, I guess I'd say Trent McDuffie was always the the slot prototypical kind of body type, Um, you know, but Baltimore Ravens kind of, and even in the NFL even, trip even um, um, the Patriots with with Miles Bryant, like why are slot guys always have to match the size and speed and quick area short area quickness of the short scat receiver? Like, no. How about you get an elite athlete like Kyle Hamilton 
and put him at that position. And I feel like, you know, we saw how size, speed, and length, and athleticism can make an impact on the on the game um, from that fifth DB spot. And I think Ephesians can definitely be that guy. Um, I don't know if I would pigeonhole him, especially with the depth at corner. I, if I would pigeonhole him as a, a corner, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do, but I definitely would have him just kind of roaming the roaming the field uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like, and and the the thing is, and I think you hit nail on head there. There is not a form like this. Isn't a this is the formation. This is what we're going to be doing defensively all the time with this staff. That's just not like even more, to a much greater extent than our previous staff. This is multiple, multiple, multiple all over the place. Like they will go from offensively, they'll go from, I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago, right after fish got hired, where they'll go from under center to shotgun yep. to under center to shotgun on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to go from, you know, maybe four linemen, maybe five linemen to two, you know, three linebackers, four linebackers, four corners and a safety. I mean, any number of Swiss army. Well, knife I shit. Mean, to that point, this <laughs> would be the first time since the 2016 team where um, just from a production standpoint where we can have explosive offense and a high producing defense, you know, like it doesn't have to be this high octane offense and then a bend, but don't break defense. It doesn't have to be this elite defense with a, yep. you know, offense that's just relying on running the ball. Cause it's, you know, so I think you, you now run into the first time since 2016 and then the first time I'd say consistently since maybe Sarkeesian where you had, you know, that offense and defense have star power, star players. Uh, both sides are making plays because of talent, not because of scheme always. Uh, you know, and it's, there's this bend but don't break philosophy that's going to be out the window now. So you're going to have the personnel and the and the coaching yep. chops to match. Uh, and then, sorry, last tidbit I'll say is just when we're talking about the staff, man, I think we went from 49 scholarships scholarship athletes um, a couple weeks ago to I think we're at 74 now I think we got 10 11 spots available so you know people want to talk about um, you know especially in the, some of the GCs me and hooligan around and a lot of people want to talk about look at the bare bones of their two deeps bro look at the I mean other than two three people on those lists we were prepared for them to go anyway you know what I mean so you're not telling us something we didn't know that was coming anyway you know and and also too the, a lot of that 2019 class is still there a lot of 2020 class is still there you know so you're, you're not losing the experience yep. of you're not losing your green dot on defense you know so anyway but yeah and and because we're going to be starting a true freshman never played a college snap at left tackle we didn't sign and like and the staff didn't retrain drew mm-hmm. as a party they did Oh, wait, they did. We don't have, I will say, like, on the defensive side, there is right now literally one hole. Do that. And it's not even necessarily, like, a super hole. It's a a one body Uh type, one type of player that we don't have on our roster, and we don't have a true zero technique nose tackle. We're underneath scholarships, and we got elite players moving from defense to offense. Like... That should tell you the talent level that's <laughs> at certain positions on a team still, bro. Like, Vince Holmes. <laughs> You're moving Vincent Holmes and his closing speed. He said, you know what's crazy? I'm about to go to this side of the ball. Which, to be honest, 
the majority of his the majority Which, of he liked that phenomenal the nice his, his tape was on offense in the first place. <clears throat> you know what I mean? The potential on defense was there, but and is there's always this that, that and it's something about Washington, man. There's always that one player per class that does this, you know, that the staff asks to do this or wants to do this, and then we do it, and it's an mm-hmm. NFL player. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, like we're yeah. <laughs> Like yes, we lost. I mean, we let's call a spade a spade. What we just saw the last two years is the best trio of receivers that were in school at, and together at the position ever at the University of Washington. We've had a dynamic, elite duos. You go back to the ni- the ninety one national championship team. You had you know Mario Bailey and mm-hmm. Orlando McKay, and yes, like there were other good players. But not a one of them was uh, Jalen. Come Hull. on, <laughs> John Ross and Dante Pettis and uh, bro, Aaron right? Pettis. Come on, man. Hi, Jones. Like, let's guy I be mean, respect on their names. I mean, Roma Dunze is basically a locked in top ten pick in the NFL draft and could and could and right. should be top five. J Mac and JP are going to be very, very, very productive NFL players. Um. But that room is also not devoid of talent. I'm like, oh, but you lose Mike Penix and how special he was, and replace him with a guy that's second all time in the SEC in passing yards and fourth. They could sleep on that all they want, man. That experience you can't. And and, and by the way, a coaching staff that basically sleeping shits out top ten passing. In one breath, they'll say, "Oh, well, the person ain't won nothing," and then they'll. Say Dylan Gabriel is good, or they'll say Quinn Ewers is good, or they'll say, and it's like, what is it? Is it the production? Is it the potential? Is it the how old is the player? Like you just talk, the people talk bad. Like, bro, you're playing at Mississippi State, which doesn't have the cream of the crop talent. You know what I mean? And now, and then also, two you're in a oh, but he's a system you know, guy. Any system or not, you know, you know how hard it is to operate an air raid. You're throwing the space. Everything. For, in the it's in predictive. The now, like now, granted, like they don't really read a lot of defense. You know, they kind of just read space. So he's going to have to get acclimated to that part. But something a redshirt freshman was able to pick up. You know what I mean? Sorry. And it's not like the SEC is advanced as it is a football conference in the three <laughs> years that he was there. SEC, and, we ain't doing and, much uh, reading now. Um, or, or or watching much tape of what Pete Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake did at the University of Washington against that offense that was pretty damn uh-huh. prolific at Washington State. And now you kind of you kind of tighten up, you know, you get them uh, ready for the NFL. You know, Will Rogers, you get them ready for the NFL in a pro, pro system, system. Um, you know, pro spread system. He's gonna have a defense that's most likely gonna have some turnovers and give him short fields, those types of things. You're going to have a running back that's probably the best returner running back in the country. You know what I'm saying? With a state. And Cam Davis. And, Cam and Davis. You know, if we're Davis. talking about this SNC team is a speed, a speed endurance. Uh, put a little bit of weight on Tybo, bro. And you got that's your third run. Come on, bro. Don't play with me, bro. Well, I mean, and, and and we're we may not be we may not done yet at that position. I am disappointed that we. I will say, you know, as we get into the recruiting conversation, I would have loved to see Corey Krosky, Merritt, and Purple or and Gold. The, the the that trio, that trio. If if you'd landed Jacory oh. with Jonah and Cam 
or or that that quartet. I mean, because they Ibo. use three. They use three. You, 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 smart. You're, yeah, uh-huh. they used three. Like you were getting, uh, I started using it as a gift when I was a little more confident. Like I thought we were going to land Corey. Um, you were getting close to a kind of a Hydra situation, and and we still may get there. There, there's other <laughs> running backs out there. Um, and I, I honestly, it's one of the things that I want to see before you know fall before we start fall camp. I want to see another established running back in that room. No disrespect to Cam Davis, but the injury history does have me concerned. I don't want it to be. Dude, let me go look at that Georgia uh-huh. State roster. Any O lineman or D lineman that are bounce back, bounce back, that are bounce back or again. Running backs, you know. Because mm-hmm. UCLA and Michigan, bro, like, man, they they made some some internal hires that are really looking like they may retain guys until at least that spring window. So when initially it felt like a lot of guys are going to enter, yep. And now I know there's you know some conversations and you know have being had right now. That's just the name of the game right now. But I'm really interested to see how those two situations shake out, um, especially Michigan's. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go ahead and move into it, um, and we'll start. Um, basically, there is, in, in no particular order, I, I didn't have a chance to organize this chronologically by who committed when. Um, I don't even know that I still have the full committed oh, list of everybody that we've gotten since our last podcast, but let's start with Audric Harris. Uh, going back to Bishop Gorman, uh, Audric is a six foot, 175-pound receiver, uh, a three star in uh, twenty in the two four seven, um, point, but a but a very high three star a point eight nine. Um, he's got to, he he's not the he's not the same player or the a a carbon copy of the last wide receiver that Washington got uh-huh. from Bishop Gorman. Um, but a lot to like in that tape. He's got what I would consider is deceptive long speed. He doesn't look like he's just you know his legs are a blur, but all of a sudden he's four and mm-hmm. five yards behind somebody like, Oh shit. Um, uh, but what my, do you guys my think? Initial takeaway is he's got pro nuances. Like he's already got like Rashid Williams. We kind of felt like was the, the better, uh, like fit to play early because he had just those pro nuances, uh, the release packages, mm-hmm. setting guys up uh, in the route tree. Um, whether that's, you know, working out with a personal trainer or something like that. Or um, you know, or a personal uh, coach, wide receiver coach, or not, but it just seems like he has a lot of pro nuances. I think um, I don't think he's Jalen McMillan, but I definitely see Jalen McMillan in his route movements. Um, just a lot of the head nod mm-hmm. type stuff. A lot of the um, you know, if you're, if you're a little more than five yards down the field, a kind of kind of like solid pro nuance in, in hand fighting, like getting guys off of them that are trying to maybe hold or. Um, get their hands on late or trying to hand fight with him or inducing hand hand fighting kind of gets those off of him. Um, just really smooth overall. So I really like that. And that's, what's going to, you know, a guy like Jason Robinson may be a little smaller. Um, a guy like this is a guy that potentially can come in just with a natural, a little bit bigger frame and maybe play the two to four games freshman year. Mm-hmm. So really like, I mean, I think they're, they're they're different. I think Jason is going to be the guy that like, oh shit, we picked up it, it's third and eight, we, and who found the soft yeah. spot in the zone and you know and wiggled free and you know ran a the the perfect crisp clean. I mean like the dude's Jason Robinson. The dude is a route runner, like and a technician and a and a specialist. Like 
he may not be the home like I don't I think Audric is much more of the home run threat. But the guy that's gonna keep the chains moving is gonna be Jason mm-hmm. like Jason Robinson. Yeah, Audric to me was just savvy. Um uh, just yep. watching him watching his highlights. Uh not I mean he's, he can be deceptive, but he's very um intent, you know, when he runs his routes and um even, you know, after the catch. You know, it's not a lot of shake, shake, make you miss. It's a one-step, go, get upfield, um, which is kind of nice and refreshing to see in high school football these days because you see a lot of guys that want to run <laughs> sideline to sideline, literally. Uh, but he he definitely plays like he's ready for the next level, yeah. which those, I like, those, especially mm-hmm. coming in as a true freshman. And he has he has a shot yeah, to play. Pro nuances, man. Yep. He's gonna burn some safeties oh, yeah. that that like, oh, yeah. take a step and a half in the wrong direction and oh shit, there's a twenty five yard not, his completion down the scene. Pretty legit. I like yeah. What they don't talk about too, I, I remember uh, watching his uh his introduction, uh and they were talking about him on two four seven, but how long his like limbs are. Like he has a crazy long like catch okay. radius. I'm glad you I'm glad you cleaned that up. And uh Oh yeah, no, I'm, all kind of pause. I'm glad you but, that uh, up. No, no, no. I mean, his catch radius and <laughs> hey, we focusing on the wrong limbs. Hey, I'm glad you clean that up, bro. Focusing on the mitts, the sticks. Okay, first down. <laughs> we are all out hey, of listen, pocket. Y'all the ones who asked me to. Not you guys didn't ask me, but when I stopped drinking water, bro, and I started, you know, indulging. It changed, it changed the game a little bit, you know? We already know. Dinner waiting on you. <laughs> crazy work, bro. That is crazy. Drinking that wine, getting work. right. <laughs> getting your mind right in the podcast on Sound of the Side. Here, I got two. I got two. <laughs> we, we miss you. Like, we know you're probably going to stay the D.C. We down in you, UCLA, dog. but we still follow that. That get your mind right mantra for sure. Move on to the- um, yeah. All right, well, let, let's move on. Uh, let's let's move on to something that our current staff did that our previous staff didn't do in an entire year fucking plus, and signed an in-state highly regarded prospect. Um, we, it's a guy that we've been talking about in GCs for a long uh-huh. ass time. Uh, and that's 2024 uh, athlete, um, six foot, 180 pounds, four star on, on 247, a, th- a three star composite, a high three star at a point, 0.8853. Why athlete uh, out of Garfield High School, where if you go to Garfield High School and you are a highly touted athlete, you belong nowhere but the University Come of on. Washington. And this goes for, and this is, this is the mission and this is the challenge for every coaching staff at the University of Washington. I don't care what sport. I don't care if it's our underwater basket weaving class. I don't care if it's our Dick's Burgers eating class or, or team. If it's a highly touted rower, somebody <laughs> from Garfield, they're a dog, period. Uh, and that's Rashawn Clark. Um, uh, the, the, the literally I have one word on my, uh, on the eval or just to, to sum it all up in, in all capital letters, mm-hmm. athlete. Uh, yeah, my, what minus two words is ball magnet. Um, 
it's super interesting. It, we analyze the offense and defense, just just a ball magnet, you know, disregarding any deep shots taken on offense, just kind of that screen game. Um, you know, it's like hike, it's in the quarterback's hands and it just goes to him <laughs> on defense too. You know, it's like there's a magnet in his helmet, you know, it just, he flies full speed to the ball, which I love on defense. Um, I think he definitely has his pro potential on defense, um, whether or not he wants to return the ball or whether or not he wants to, uh, <laughs> whether or not he wants to return the ball or whether or not he wants to uh, play gadget on offense or not. Uh, you know, the, the ball is just magnetized, you know, to his, his, anyway, <laughs> that's a dog, bro. You know what I'm saying? And being 180, six foot's dope at safety, but being 180 already is, is, is going to be awesome. Um, I don't know if he's coming in early or not, but I'm excited for Rashawn, man. The city's excited for Rashawn too, man. So, um, dude, I, I mean, I, I hope he ends up at safety cause I think he's going to be an absolute, like, he, he's, you know, I, I, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to put the pressure on him I know. of this comp, but like, come on, a taller, longer Buddha. It's just that movement. He has better natural movement oh. skills too. It's just, do you have that work ethic? Mm-hmm. But that, uh-huh. that rangy, like. Ball magnet. Yeah. High what points he, the football. What is he playing? Dark was he, he played, play he played both. mostly? He played, he played receiver, oh, okay. there, and he's shifty. Like he's got, he's got some wiggle for sure. Um, but we're we're <laughs> wiggle, a natural hands in the receiver room. So I, I definitely want to see him on the in, in the defensive backfield. We're more stacked than DBs. Yeah. And here's what I'm going to say. I was going to say it about I was going to say it when we talk about Ephesians. The DB. I'm going to say it right now. Our defensive back room is better in 2024 than it, it was uh-huh. in 2023. And I think nope. we ain't done yet. To quote Marcus nope. Peters. I, like I think that. we ain't done yet. And I think we ain't done yet surprising people at a national level. But I'm not going to put it that far yet on 2024. We'll talk about that later. Um, moving on, and we may have hopefully temporarily lost uh, darker night. Uh, oh. but, uh, moving on to, uh, one of the transfer commits, uh, out of, uh, a community college transfer. Uh, and that's Bryce Butler, a six foot five, 295 pound defensive lineman, three star point eight five two five. Um, we talked about it when we were talking about like the one body type that we are missing or the, the one true position is that we don't have a zero, a, a true nose. Um, I think Bryce is going to spend some time on the interior, but he's more of a big, long, long-limbed, long-levered three technique with the ability to play outside and set some edge. Like, he's a unique athlete, and it's going to be more like, I'm going to be really interested to see um, if we can put, like, Bryce and Sebastian on the field together at the same time. There's going to be a lot of heat coming I up the middle. I agree, man. Um, I, I think the main thing I like about Bryce is, I'm just kind of reading my notes, is I like the mean streak. Uh, he's definitely got a mean streak. Um, the, uh, quick off the ball, and albeit while I'll say, uh, the one thing I definitely noticed is that he, he plays a little high. And as long as you have, you know, a scheme and a, and a D-line coach that course corrects that, and this isn't Juco level, you know what I'm saying? No dis- I swear there's no disrespect to the Juco level, but you know, this is P5 coaching for a reason. Um, I think we can definitely obviously, you know, um, refine that that tool or, or that fundamental there. 
Um, but already coming in with that ridiculous length and that ridiculous size, I think you uh, leave him at two two ninety five, maybe fluctuate two ninety five, three oh five, and you can have him in a three down in three down looks, or you can have him, um, you know, when you're trying to do a lot of a lot more like uh, run stopping stuff or. Um, yeah, in, in, in a multiple defense, you definitely love his versatility for sure. Um, and then also to bringing in a guy who's got you know um, you know a little bit more physical development, um, having already played at the collegiate level, I'll be a Juca, but but playing at the collegiate level already, you know, having a guy to come in there and be a leader in those rooms. Yep. I'm also just now realizing I, I didn't put him on the list because there was so much hubbub going over. Like I don't think we've talked about Jeremiah Hunter. <laughs> And I, mean, oh. and I mean, Jeremiah, man, that's one person I think two years ago I had him on my, uh, I think it was 2021 breakout players uh, for Cal just because I think, and I, and I think he wasn't wide receiver one at the time. I think he was coming in and he was going to be wide receiver one. And I just saw the ball skills. Um, you can kind of coach a lot of the route running nuances and things like that. But one thing you kind of can't do is when the ball is in the air, you know, when um, you can't really coach the, the ball skills that he has uh, and his fluidity in routes. He's, he's much more wiggly than he's been shown. Um, he's going to have much more ample opportunity to be featured as wide receiver one here. Um, you know, I think uh, his skill set is very – it's funny because I feel like uh, Rasheed Williams is a lot like him. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things people, uh, Washington fans loved in Rasheed Williams, a lot of the um, skill set they loved there, the size and, and stuff like that there. This is a four-year player in, in, in that same mold. So, I mean, if you could put over 2000 with, with all of what Cal has been for the last decade, other than when they had an air raid system, if you can put up 2,000 plus receiving yards over, you know, a two, three-year career at Cal, you can play receiver. You can man. play receiver. With what they've had at quarterback, and when we have a given adequate low line play, um, and a, like I said, a coaching staff that just sleeps and turns out top ten, top fifteen passing and offenses. At looking Jeremiah's at gonna, like how he impacts the game is important. You know, like disregarding the numbers. I like, look at at how he garners you know a double team all the time. Yeah. Was there a better was there a better catch made against us by a husky opponent in his catch this year than his touchdown against I mean, us? Probably not really. I don't think there was. Not really. And you know that's his that's his skill set. So and that's something that you know we've outside of you know like we we've been used to you know last year you know I think we're gonna see a lot of those like Jalen Polk and Roma Dunze contested style catches he's a little bit more flashy i would say at the catch point than rome uh so definitely more like jay polk in that regard um where it's just the strong hands uh more sort of the plucking but yeah mm-hmm. uh, definitely we're gonna need somebody to counter it but but for sure i think jeremiah easily can get you know 900 to 1200 pretty easy mm-hmm. yep all right, let's move on to. Hold on, I need to look this up and see where. And Bryce had some pretty in. solid. Uh, Bryce Butler had some pretty solid offers. I'm kind of going through his little his little offer list, and you know it's littered with you know um, obviously some some um, their upper mid tier competing level teams. You know, like uh, Troy and Coastal Carolina. Um, Liberty, Mississippi State, North Texas, Utah, 
Buffalo, South Florida, so Charlotte, so um, yeah, if you was to think about caliber of player, I think we may have been his best, I would think he'd be probably his best offer, but um, mm-hmm. he still had a, a ton of suitors, speaking of Bryce Butler. Yep. Yeah, and let's. I think we can talk a little bit about uh, one of the Arizona transfers, Russell Deuce Davis, uh, out of Hamilton in Chandler. Spent a couple years at Arizona. I believe he had four and a half sacks. Um, I'm really excited. Like I will say this holistically, um, I'm really excited about the rotation and like the different looks and the different kinds of athletes and the different just the amount of bodies and athletic ones at that that we can throw out on the edges next year. Um, when you look at next season, you've got, obviously, um, you've got Zach Durfee, who we will be speaking with on this podcast very soon. Uh, stay tuned for that. You've got Maurice Himes. You've got Showtime Holtzclaw. You've got Voy. You've got Deuce Davis. You've got uh, Isaiah Ward, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Waves. Who am I missing? Jacob Lane, yeah. Jacob Lane. I mean, we've got depth on a number of spots on the defense. Um, You know, and four and a half pressures, like, that's... It's going to be a competitive room. Or four and a half sacks, that's not nothing. And situational pass rushes, in particular with the defensive staff and with what Steve Belichick has proven as a defensive play caller... We're going to be just fine on the defensive yeah, side this, of football. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of uh, – it's funny, man. It's, he reminds me a lot of uh, Lance Holtzclaw, which is funny. I think if Lance was down there at, uh, in, in Tucson, he would have had a similar um, you know, stat line for the season. He had a similar production. production. Um, yeah, so I think the more people you can add to that room, I think it's – I think regardless, it was always – even with a guy like B.J. Green, I think it was always going to be a rotation – and having guys fresh. I think what we saw with Coach Inge last year, kind of like cycling through four or five linebackers, I think is what you were going to see a lot of in um, in the front, um, unless somebody just decides they want to take it to the next level, or uh, one or two guys decide they want to take it to the next level. Um, we're probably not going to see, you know, week in, week out starters on the outside. I think it's going to change based on the opponent. You know, those types of things. So I think Russ is, or Deuce, you know what I mean? Um, you know, solid size, compact, quick, really good athlete. I, I'm i trying to remember if this is the – if he's the one who was, like, the Arizona sack leader or whatever. I think he's the one who, like, led like, – hmm. broke the sack record, something like that. I don't know. Oh, down yeah. in the, the high school sack record? I, <clears throat> I think so, yeah. I think it, I think it was Deuce. Um, and I think – I think, uh, according to our guy, Coach V, um, I think the only game that he really struggled that Coach ever saw against was Parker. Yeah, against Parker. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's 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 um, high praise right there, you know. Um, so, yep, yep, and another edge that that we got from from Arizona, and that's a six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pounder, and Isaiah Ward um, as a transfer, uh, and uh, again a high three star and eighty eight composite. Um, Hood, have you had a chance to watch Isaiah's um, so what tape I at all? Was, so what I've done with all these guys, I've really tried to like watch the games um, and watch the full games and watch how they, mm-hmm. you know, win reps, lose reps, etc. Um, just with the amount of rotation that they had, it's tough to be like, okay, this guy really impacted the game. Um, now there's a lot of splash plays, um, and you know, now you can look at like 
look and analyze like splash plays. But until you're kind of like the the guy, the the you know the the day in and day out starter, it's really hard to get a gauge of how you're going to impact. I think we have to analyze a lot of this stuff. Um, but these guys will be first time high end contributors. So you just kind of have to look at like movement skills and you have to like really analyze like length and size. Just how certain things translate. You have to look at like even reps they lose. If they lose the rep, but they had a crazy get off and they had a crazy long arm, they just weren't strong enough. Then you're like, oh, dang, he can do that. Just have to maybe put on some weight or have to get stronger. So I'll say uh, the, the, the primary things with Ward, obviously love that. I, I believe he was local. What wasn't he at a point, or he was for that I believe so. Yeah. Well, and he's the well. He he and his brother Anthony mm-hmm. is coming up as a linebacker. Um, I believe Bobby Wagner is their uncle, and so I think they played some high school ball up here. And and I, I don't know if they finished their high school careers up here, but but certainly a, yeah, a number. I love of I love guys. the size, man. Like whereas you know we get like Deuce is six two, I think six one six two six something like that's his three uh, two twenty. You get a guy who's, you know, mm-hmm. long and lengthy. This is a 6'5", 230, 6'5", 235, can put on a ton of weight. And obviously, you know, you got a guy like John Shaw coming up here. You know, this could be a – this this is the guy that we could have another one of those, like, trice-type things. Or we could have another uh, Joe Tryon type of body. Um, I would say more Tryon mold. Because um, you so put – all you're doing is putting good weight on him. I would tell fans to keep an eye on Ward and monitor his development. Um, I would say he comes in probably competing to be edge two, edge three. Um, so uh, at the top of that edge rotation for sure. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, to his brother, uh, six foot, 225-pound uh, linebacker. Um, again, I, I'll, I'll kind of yield the, the floor to you, Hood, in terms of what you saw from Anthony. Um, certainly with what we have returning with Carson and, and Zo Toop and um, Drew Fowler and, and the freshman from last year. Um, I, I think I'd be surprised if Anthony was like top two or three in tackles on the team next year, but certainly a very solid contributor. Um, but your um, thoughts there, Hood? And, and Tug, certainly, obviously, time in if you, if you have a chance, if you, if you had a chance to watch the tape. No, I haven't had a chance. I'll yet. say Ant is just, you know, as we've noticed the last couple of years, it's been very valuable to have a rotation of linebacker. Um, you know, I think, you know, where we see a guy like Cam Bright come in and start, <laughs> um, I would say I feel like he, you know, classification is beneficial here, you know, having the amount of eligibility he has, but. I think he's definitely got potential to be better than Cam Bright at the position and having that be, and Ethan Barr, um, having that be probably linebacker mm-hmm. four or five. I can't believe <laughs> the, what the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Hey, wait, wait a second. Is Like I, I think I said, I don't know if I said it on the, on the podcast or in a pre-show or a post-show one time. I'm like, did Bob Gregory uh, body snatch William Inge? <laughs> this offer, like, what is that? But I mean, you think about who's in the room. You got Broner, you got Zota with speed. Then you got, and then you Bar. got Ethan Barr. You got Devin Bryant, Jordan Whitney. So I mean, Ward's going. Better focus on passing. Like he spent too much time because <laughs> he got an extra R on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think I think Ward has an opportunity. You got to uh, think, man. Spring is going. Spring is going to be wide open. Spring going to be wide open, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're not going to play favorites to their guys. But at the same time, 
we can have random guys pop up and take people's spots, you know, because there's a lot of athleticism, especially on defense. There's not a lot of proven other than like Kel and Cam Fab and stuff like that. And Elijah, there's not a lot of proven production. So in, in Price Ox, so but yeah, really like uh really like both the War brothers. Um Isaiah more to kind of contribute immediately, and then Anthony potentially can be a that special teams guy. Um, I think even isn't Drew Fowler coming back too? So like Claude, have mercy. Yeah. You know, they're going to have a lot. We're going to have a lot of linebacker, bro. Defense is not looking like a problem. Plus, obviously, like like I said, we talked about mm-hmm. Jeff Bryant and Jordan Whitney, two guys that we all had some very good things to say about on our recruiting pod last year. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, Knicks. If not got- necessarily by rating, certainly. Uh, go ahead, Tugs. Uh, was it was it Price Hawks first year starting? Um, yeah, I would say he got like rotational snaps. I, um, I think year one, I think it's, I think it was a red shirt. I'll double check okay. his classification, but I just remember him coming out. And I remember UW being, or him being high on UW and then it turned into like a USC Arizona battle. Um, but I remember, I remember when he okay. was like a freshman or a sophomore because his name popped and people were like, oh yeah, like in the good book yeah, of, of Ephesians. Um, yeah, man, I just, I remember his name pops, so I was kind of monitoring him. Um, but then once we kind of fell out, you know, with him, then I kind of stopped monitoring him. But, but yeah, uh, I think, I think this was his first full year. Yeah. I got to double check that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how he had 64 tackles oh, yeah. on INT. So he was definitely, a... yeah. yeah. So he was a... in 2021. He's definitely an athlete, man. I want people to, you know, people are, and this is no, no shade or none. People got to realize, like, you can't just start throwing out, oh, this guy going to be a lockdown corner or this guy going to be a lot. That's not how that works, bro. You look at people's skill sets and you're like, how does it translate to playing high-level football? And that's why I think this his ceiling is like a uh, Kyle Hamilton type of player because he's, if you look at Don, I was exactly about you look to say at Dom that. Hampton, Dom Hampton played, had, was lined up and running all his reps for the first three years on campus at corner. And you see that wasn't his bag position. So at the end of the day, just because somebody is listed as something, they have the experience there, that's where they played high school, it don't mean that that's the NFL position. And I personally feel like it would benefit just the personnel, you know, having EJ and then whoever is that top-end athlete with ball skills on the other side as well, and then have Ephesians kind of roaming. Exactly, right? You know, and have you kind of roaming the – Please stay healthy. Uh, roaming the middle of the field. So, yeah, no disrespect yeah, to Jabbar, but like it is legit. Because if, like if you watch Arizona, bro, it's not that he's playing elite corner. He's an athlete running with the receiver. So he's an athlete. Like, yeah, yeah, he's an It's not like, oh, look at the he, technique yeah, he's, at he's corner. Never, he's not just lined up on one side. Yeah. yeah. He's not a boundary corner. He's not a field corner. He's just an athlete. So, he, he, I mean, he there's, there's times he's lined up in the slot. There's times he's lined up as a deep safety, mm-hmm. middle robber. You know, he's everywhere. And and one thing that I would love to see, too, is if he could take the physicality element to his games to the next level, because he was extremely physical in high school. If he could kind of elevate the physicality element of his game, man, dude, he, he that's a first, second um, team <laughs> A big ten player right there, bro. Like, you know, his size is one thing, but you know, he 
Yeah, that's what one of his strengths. He he excels in bump and mm-hmm. run coverage. Mm. Is that he can run with your number one if you need him to. He could be, you know, he could line up on your on the t- uh, number one tight end. A corner to, to set the edge. And, and his body's still growing. You know, yeah. What you I mean? see, we ain't had one of them as a field corner in a long time over there setting edges, boy. With all due respect to Jabbar, well, boy. I'm thinking with this defensive staff mentality, you ain't gonna be able to see the field if you can't come up and be physical. So, but that's why they all big. That's not. That's not. Yeah, they got a bunch of man corners, and they all big. <laughs> you see, we talked about all the zone corners. We won't have to go somewhere. <laughs> Whether it was this year, this staff, the next staff, them zone corners was gonna have to get up out of here because <laughs> it's a lot of. <laughs> By another time zone, Bro, well, Jabbar and Jabbar and Elijah are like, man, we love we cover zero boys, man. We love brush. Morel was putting all them guys on his lands, okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. With a my tie. Hey, come on, you know, big step. <laughs> my tie, pina colada, whatever. <laughs> Bring it on. Um. All right, well, let's move on from Ephesians to uh, what I think is literally the largest uh, commit that we've gotten. Um, and that's uh, Moose. Uh, that's Justin Hilkema uh, out of Santa Clara. He big as hell. And I shit you not, uh, uh, six foot eight, 315 pounds, a three star, a 0.8592 composite. Um, He's got four things that you cannot teach and want and are hopefully looking for in an offensive lineman. Size, natural strength, quick feet, and capital letter cap and f- five letters all capital capitalized. N-A-S-T-Y. <laughs> um and for as big as he is, he doesn't seem to get too high and certain and kind of plays within his frame and like manage to stay like in like his feet and his hands within his frame much more than I was expecting. Like I um, I'm really intrigued I by this guy. Intrigue is sure. is a is a the perfect word. Like looking at his frame, he can be thirty pounds bigger. Like his shoulders, Dude, his back. Like, bro, look, man, he three fifteen already, dude. Like he he in, he envelops like a lot of these like showcase. Pass rushing drills and man, it ain't fair, bro. Now you have to clean up a lot of technique. I think he bends at the waist sometimes because guys are so much smaller than him. So you know he's, he's he, and I do think he has mm-hmm. relatively slower feet, like a plodding kind of plodding footwork. But I mean, it's it's no different than what we saw from Joe Award um, winning performer jo- Julius Buello. Like that's very similar to the person he is. I think Julius. And even maybe a little bit better feet exactly. than Julius. I was just high gonna school. say that I think it took Julius four, three, four years to start, you know, learning how to pull. Like uh, it's funny when you're looking at a lot of the, the draft uh, analysis on Roger Rosengarten, they're making jo- and Troy Faltano, they're making jokes and saying uh, Roger and Troy were having to like slow down <laughs> for the guards pulling, like because those two were just uber athletic. So. um I definitely feel like there's a lot of Julius Buello in him, uh, but he's definitely going to play tackle, in my opinion. Yeah, because he's probably no Giacomini in there. Come, oh, that's a great fuck. That's a great. They yeah. so can move, Brown but when he finishes, he want to finish you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he don't mind 
you don't mind getting well, that phone booth and locking it. The first thing like, I noticed good, was like his like his rant, like bro, he's his back is hella wide, like it, from shoulder to shoulder, it's crazy wide, bro. Like he's he's got to be lengthy too, you know what I'm saying? Pause, but he's gonna be no. It's gonna just take a long ass time to get around uh-huh. and get to the quarterback. You go try and go and, and also move on that guy. Up with a guy like hey, uh, Jake Flores, I believe his name was. I think he's the commit for next mm-hmm. year. Come on, bro. Yeah. Don't play with us, bro. This O-line stuff is going to be a concern for a singular year, bro. Like, if that. If that. Don't let that spring portal open up and people. Uh, what's the meme? Come here, bro. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> look at that. Hell show. Yeah, you could easily put 30 pounds on him. I don't know if that's smart, Easy. but, like, his frame is, like, he could be 400 pounds, bro. Like, after football. Dude, he's <laughs> – But but you can – or you could put 10 pounds – like, you put 10 and of the right crazy, pounds bro. on him. This is – right, This is good. And convert some this of the baby fat to muscle. This is a SEC lineman right here, bro. Like, this is the – I don't Another see- one. Yeah, he doesn't – he looks trim. He looks definitely way different than just – And he's buff as hell. Oh, kick slide. Oh, kick slide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> faster. Oh. Faster, Trey Adams. <laughs> you probably got it. Yep. Let's move on. We'll talk about. Let's talk about Jake Flores, who is a 2025 uh, interior O lineman, six foot six, two hundred and seventy five pounds out of um, the the place that all of the the salmon flock, according to, to Lloyd Christmas. Uh, San Juan Capistrano <laughs> in California. <laughs> um, that's a double Lloyd reference. Christmas. <laughs> oh, if if y'all missed it. The uh, town's back town's that way. way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Austria, throwing out a shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> um. All right, so yeah, he said high three star point uh, eight seven two six. I haven't had a chance to watch Jake's tape yet, but certainly I know like um, offers from Florida, from Arizona, from Arizona State. A total of twenty two offers. Um, pulling up the complete team list, like okay, it's a high three star by current rating, but okay, BYU offer, Florida State offer, Louisville, Michigan offer, Michigan State offer, NC State offer, Ole Miss offer, Oregon offer. Penn State offer, Tennessee Oprah. offer, Texas A&M, SC, Utah. That's yeah. what. That's this the is good part get. that was impressive. Like when, so when, what was my biggest thing, bro? Is I was like, I need to see this. I need to see this. The not this staff, but the previous two staffs beat out. So even CP like beat out blue bloods or beat out guys that. Offers and CP did and I think, it, and, and the board technically we did were, with Amar Khan, but like it was kind of that's a weird flex, you know. He got in there and got the commitment early, and then Amar blew up, and it, Austin Mack to then some Amar extent, blew up, but that's about like it. Held on to him, uh, but this kid, you're pulling from all these guys, and you get an early commitment, um, and we technically, I think, won over like Tennessee and Utah, so. Thinking about the bag Tennessee can offer. Thinking about the NIL process that even Utah has. McDonald's or otherwise. <laughs> McDonald's or otherwise. People want to talk. People want to talk about <laughs> Utah uh, not being able to bid or not being one of the big players. But you know, we see a, a video every of, of the month of them handing out new cars or handing out you know this, that, and the other. So they definitely uh-huh. 
down there. Um, and if it speaks your language, it speaks your language. But snagging him from them, um, from uh, from a lot of these um, uh, bigger schools is awesome. Uh, but in regards to skill set, you said it, bro. Coming in, what, 6'5", 275 already? Um, so if need be, that's a guy that can play year two immediately. Um, can most can probably even come in and play year one if needed or asked to because I think a junior. So yeah, uh, that's an instant impact kind of guy that we have not seen in a very long time, um, and I appreciate that on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. A tackle as well, so he's a bag position. That's a left tackle right there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, I, I I realize we did skip one one more twenty twenty four uh, high school commit. Um, a transfer a flip from th- their class at Arizona, and that is uh, Raheem Wright, a six foot, one hundred and seventy five defensive mm-hmm. defensive back from Rancho Cucamonga, uh, three high three star again, a mid, kind of mid high three star, point uh, eight six three three composite. I have not had a chance yet to watch Raheem's tape, so I will yield the floor. He's an exciting athlete. He might be my favorite athlete on defense that we're getting. Um, Damn it, his class or in that class. So, uh, he's, I mean, lightning in the bottle, super fluid. Seems like you can kind of line him up wherever. Um, will come down to hit you, but well, it's also a natural ball hog. Um, I think he's he's gonna be a stud. I I, I pegged him. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a future captain. Oh, I how like he, it. How he carries himself. He just, you just tell, like, just, he's had bravado about him. Like, he's an alpha kind of guy. He's not just a guy out there making plays. Like, he's, he's going to let you know about it. He's going to get his teammates involved. Um, I really like that signing. I think he, if we missed out on him, I think we would have definitely seen him do big things, obviously, in AZ, but I'm glad things worked the way they did. And he's going to be a dog because he is a dog. Uh, size, speed, and stuff. It doesn't remind me of this person, but. Just uh, the athletic pedigree and then the kind of specialty training focus that this same athlete had coming out of high school, Um, Dom Hampton. Um, That's what it reminds me of outside. I'm not talking about skill set, you know what I'm saying, or even maybe uh, play style, but just more so like the guy who's that like freak athlete, um, who's explosive athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, it's, you know, what we always make the joke about how we saw the kids in the stands, USC game, and they were bigger than what they were like. So you're going to see a guy like him listed at 175 to 195 throughout, throughout his career. And you're going to see him and be like, wait, where, like, wait, hold on. You ain't 210. You know? So I think that is something you're going to see from Raheem. I think he's just going to be a, one of those physical freaks and, uh, talking to some people, you know, that are plugged in and talking to just. Um, some people that have obviously seen him play in Arizona, he is the, or sorry, not in Arizona, but in California, he's the one that they say can play the earliest. So it's going to be athletically, physically, um, and mentally ready to play early. So um, I, I wouldn't say that that's what's coming from me, but um, he's the, the singular name that's repeated, been repeated multiple times about uh, playing early. So I'm excited for Raheem for sure from an athletic profile standpoint. No, man, that makes totally sense. I mean, total sense. Like we talked about, you know, with, with Elias, like huge potential given the length, but going to need, oh, I think we all think, you know, need a couple years of repping and adding weight to the frame. But that totally, yeah, like that makes sense. 
right, we got um, two more commits to talk about. Uh, the other 2025, in addition to Jake Flores, a guy that will that uh, Jake will be maybe blocking for, and that's six foot one, uh, listed at 215 pounds, um, quarterback uh, out of Chaparral in Temecula, California, and that's Dash. I believe it's pronounced Byerly. Um, the staff definitely likes to have. Uh, maybe not prototypical pocket right. passer size, but that mobility. I mean, I no one thinks that you know. I'm, I'm not. There's no disrespect to Noah Fafita. Um, Noah Fafita's not Caleb Williams. He's not Michael Vick. Um, but he he's got enough to that you got to pay attention to it. Um, it's that like, for lack of a term, it's almost like the the Jake Browning scramble ability. Um, and and certainly see that from Dash. Um, certainly, obviously, I'm disappointed to see Jackson Collick decommit de- a lot that I really liked about his tape from his commit to the previous staff. Um, I don't necessarily think that Dash has the same arm talent that Jackson does, but not like a, a minus or a, a concern from an arm talent uh, perspective. But um, what do you guys think? I think the same. I think he reminds me a lot of uh, um, like more of a mobile EJ. Um, I think you have a very similar skill mm-hmm. set in regards to being a thrower. I just think you add that element of mobility there. Um, and natural runner, like I think EJ can run, but EJ is running a throw kind of strictly. Um, Dash kind of runs to throw, or sorry, uh, well, so he does run to throw, but he can also take off. Um, if I can remember on the top of my head, I believe he had like 500 or 600 yards rushing or something like that too, so he has no mm-hmm. problem kind of you know, making plays with his legs either. Uh, smooth thrower. Um, still a little bit of a, you know, smaller stature, kind of a pusher of the ball a little bit. But those are things that, you know, get him in the building, you know, see how you can develop and see what goes on, uh, you know, pushing forward from that. So, yep. Yeah, he's he's been getting a lot of push at potentially being that lead 11 uh-huh. guy when it's all said and done. So there's a lot of there's a lot of potential uh, that people see. And I mean, he's he's definitely a, a, yeah, a big name on the seven on seven circuit. So. He's one of those up and coming risers where you look you look at him now and he's like, oh, he's a three star, but he could easily be a high end four star before it's all said and done. All right, and last yeah, one. He looks like big and like yeah, like a big guy. He's just a big, he's like a little kid, but he's six one two fifteen. He's already. a big little short, little blocky kid. <laughs> yeah. And he's like a physical runner too, so that's super cool. Like yeah. I wouldn't say like always. Oh, athlete but he's a nuanced yeah. runner like he knows how to run like Patrick Mahomes isn't a good runner but like mm-hmm. you, you have to your name is Dash oh I know right <laughs> yeah you imagine him being a pocket passer named Dash like, I'm talking about the ball y'all the ball be Dash sometimes it writes themselves oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're um, right I see what you did there <laughs> I see what you did there all right. Last but not least uh, is a uh, transfer from San Jose State, uh, Brian Parham. Um, I said it when I talked about it a little earlier. Um, hello, linebacker. <laughs> missing. Um, and, good, and good luck to anybody who, who's not expecting any linemen, running backs, and quarterbacks who don't see it coming. Cause yeah, he's <laughs> extremely physical, for sure. He he reminded me a lot of Ernie. You, you remember Ernie yep. Davis from Florida State yep. back in the day, Tay? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was just see ball, hit ball. When when he see the ball and run a full speed, mm-hmm. I was just done. Because there ain't no – he's not 
chop it. He doesn't chop his feet. That dude runs through people. I, just to see somebody that fast and physical at the linebacker position, I was like, that's that's what it's we've so been missing. They've been getting like been upper class versions of the guys that we already have. And it's so cool to see like like he like him and Devin Bryant remind that me so much like of each other. Like him and Dev. Like mm-hmm. I think Dev's a little bit more athletic, but that's a sea ball, hit ball, sideline yeah. to sideline, like I'm trying to hurt you. And like I think Dev's gonna be a little bit better in pass coverage than than um uh, than Brian, but you know, uh, on rundowns, you yep. know, let's say if Zotuff or Carson, you know, are having tougher, tougher games, like versus a run team. Oh, like, you know, like uh, Oregon State versus where uh, Carson was able to have just uh, one hell of a game. Washington State, where he's able to have one hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be plenty of games that Parham can make that same type of impact. Uh, but I would say as linebacker three, maybe that rotation guy. I mean, and, and and we're not about to head into a conference that's at all bro. run heavy. I don't think they're running in the Big Ten. I think they're like a whole bunch of air raid pro spread. Yeah, I think you're going to – yeah, they seem like they like their linebackers between 220 and 230. So I I think you're going to see both Carson and Zota lose, yep. lose a ton of like – not even bad weight, but just weight. But you're going to see a just more twitched up. And- and Zotep's body can support it. I think they just bulked him up for just because mm-hmm. they pigeonholed him into a spot. But uh, uh, Carson's already kind of light in the ass, so I think he he gonna just kind of stay where he's mm-hmm. at. Um, um, and you know, there's, you know, if anything, he gets fast. You got no bricks in your backpack. <laughs> if anything, if anything, he gets fast. But I think Zotep, <laughs> I think our, our green dot. I would say I would, I would expect at least eight to twelve pound. I mean, he's two forty. He's two forty pushing oh, yeah. two fifty. Easy. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's playing at two thirty yeah. this year for sure. He's gonna go like fat. Don Hampton. The thing is that he's fast, fast too. He just <laughs> never need. Like if you look at the the pick six or the you know, almost pick, he'd be faster. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> he went out that way. Ten pounds lighter in a bit of the end zone when he dropped the yeah. ball. There is no reason in college you need to play at two forty or two forty five oh. anymore. In the nineties, early two thousand, yes. <laughs> In this day and age of sideline to sideline, so you don't have to do that. It's so weird. <laughs> Yo, gosh, the monster in Ohio State. Oh, cats are more forty-five. I'll never forget guys, him. That dude was. And he had a cowboy collar, so he just looked like man. super shredder. I'm Come old on, like man. that. You know that. It's the almanac, <laughs> and it's the almanac up here. Got hey, that. Shoot, I-, I learned all the <laughs> rosters from. Well, game. Shit, what did I mean? How what did Lester Towns play at Washington? Mm-hmm. Two forty five, two forty seven. Like Lester was Sir, big. I learned as hell. all the rosters oh. from NCAA. Shit. Yeah. Now they come. Back. Remember Levon Kirkland? I don't think we'll ever see a two hundred and seventy pound middle linebacker anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. It's like this dude just chugging beers before the game. What is going on? <laughs> you running Emily? Yeah, I'm going to lay down right now. Okay. He missed out on an NIL opportunity with Costco. He he was, you know, 30 years too early. Kirkland signature athlete. That's crazy. Also, shout out to <laughs> shout out to Mike went in with Seattle sports player of the year while we're on the pod. You know, Mike yeah. won it. Shouts to the Seattle Times oh for my spelling God, name I saw that, bro. We can't have nothing good, bro. Like they don't know how to act up here. We got good stuff. Let's uh let's freak out. But they don't know how to act up here, bro. Well, I will also say shouts to Mike and Rome, uh, Sharpie oh, and I deal to sign their contracts. Like, yeah, 
but 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 remember, per you know, a certain segment of people, you know, E Dub don't got hey, no you know chance we to got it, bro. play the game in the NIL space. Yeah. And trust me, bro. One thing that we're gonna see moving for from, from my ass, bro, is I'm not entertaining none of that shit no more. I care more about listen at this point. All y'all my rival, bro. Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, anybody that's Penn State, because they all talking like they are rivals. You know what I'm saying? So anybody that is in my way for this for this shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're one of these powerhouse teams. That's the whole point of this, you know. Like the regional stuff, y'all better move on from it. Just the way the conference and the networks is moving on from it. I'm not telling people how to fan, but at the same time. Me beat Michigan at home is going. I'm gonna be as hyped as beating Oregon, you know, because they talk just the same way to Oregon fans. Yep. I just want to beat the best teams on our schedule, have the bragging rights for it. I mean, have you ever seen a a fan base that just won a national championship have a bigger fucking meltdown Bro, than the even, Michigan Wolverines in the middle of right they, now? They, you know, fast they moved on to the 2025 four off season. Yeah, so won the champion. Oh, so the recruiting rankings, look at these. You see these? Bro, they don't even care. Like, I'm, obviously, it's a little tainted, but, like, right. they don't even – CMB media don't even care. Because it, it basically – if they admit that they won and they explain how they won, then it tells on their process. So they can't be like, oh, yeah, well, the yep. 247, we can't reference. How did Michigan win? We don't even know how they won. They had, They were old. They were slow. They didn't have – First round quarterback? I don't know. Oh, they they played. They don't know what to say. Well, and speaking of a stupid stupid takes, people that think JJ McCarthy is a first round quarterback, and Mike's not. Like maybe but. maybe he got a lot that you know we ain't seen, but oh, you know when your team runs thirty times in a row, and they see you every day in practice, that tells me all I need to know. And you got an NFL, mm-hmm. you got two NFL receivers too. You got an NFL tight end. You got an NFL offensive line. And you ain't able to throw the ball. I was like, but he just turned twenty one. I was like, what does that guy do with him throwing the ball? Was chucking that hoe. <laughs> it's like he's twenty one at Michigan and twenty one at starter, Central Michigan. So we ain't gonna act like two years started. We ain't gonna act like anyway. Because let's not let's not beat around the bush. Other than like a couple of Ohio State quarterbacks, quarterback play in the Big Ten Ash. has been oh. trash. I mean, only Ohio Ohio State was winning right. the conference year in and year out because they were the only team that adopted the forward pass. The year that they decided to have Trace McSorley throw for anything, <laughs> didn't they competed for a title? Like you know, what I mean, like nobody really competes in that conference because they haven't adopted it. So Ohio State dominating, and the national and and call, let's call a spade a spade. Keep it a buck. You gonna have certain people on our defense don't t- or one certain person on our defense don't take two horrifically bad That's angles. Different That's Bro. a different title game in the entire. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I talk about in that about that game that I just don't. <laughs> Definitely, there was a huge part yes. of it, man, that I don't really want to talk about Michigan doing anything because. That was a thousand. For those that missed the gesture, oh, that I was the that. game of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I was explaining to the audience that didn't know why, why I was randomly doing a seal clap. They thought That's you the was game of a Pokemon or something. See, Asa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, uh, I, I think we've 
It's uh, two hours and ten minutes. Uh, only, only thing I'll say, <laughs> man, is thoughts? tune in to the softball team. Tune into the gymnastics team. Uh, I think cross country going on right now, bro. Support. One thing you're going to see me do on a timeline is show so much love to our women's sports. Um, they, they're the ones who's going to feel all this yep. realignment the most. And it's real, real dope that, you know, we can show them a lot of love. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so lady basketball as well. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. The softball, the softball team just had an awesome um, weekend in yeah. uh, Rivera. Oh, and they, by the uh, way, uh, got stupid officials um, that didn't think Jane Gardner was robbed. safe by a mile and a half. Yeah. So what I didn't, I didn't, I don't have flow TV or whatever that is to watch the softball games. Um, that would have won the game for us. Is that correct? Tied it, right. Um, it would have tied it. No, it would have taken. No, it would have taken. It would have given us a lead in the. Yeah, bro. See, so it was. It was and, critical, bro. And oh, because we had uh, a lead. We had a lead in like Oklahoma, and, t- or it would have given us yeah, a two-run lead. They would have given, I think, us a two-run lead. I think. Oh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll double check, but yeah, bro, it was, it was wet. We lost four to three, and it, it would have been, been the fourth. Fourth, but we lost four to three in extra yeah. innings, and it would have been the fourth yeah. run. So, okay, Oklahoma would have needed another run to take it to extra. So it was, so. and it was pretty. Uh, Brooklyn Carter was all uh, of us, you know. She was like, "Wait, what? Hold on, wait, what? Hold on, wait." I know. Hey, that's a sister right there. I know yeah. that. I know that behavior. She was like, wait, no, you didn't. You know what? You lucky I got to be professional. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) She wanted to yell at that ref, bro. Dude, I I love her, dude. She's awesome. She's super cool to, like, chat with and stuff. Like, yeah. They they start their uh, their second weekend. It's uh, in, uh, I think, it's another invitation. Clearwater. Clearwater, yeah. tune Tune in to them, ladies, if you can. If you can't, man, they, while they posting those highlights on the, I set up notifications. You know what I'm saying for the softball team. That's what, what type of time I'm on right now. Um, just really trying to get acclimated to a lot of the new faces, though, um, because so, this is a winning program. Yep. We got to show them a lot of love, especially with obviously a lot of this real life, uh, sports and these types of programs that are going to need the most support. You know, so, and let them know they're not forgotten. Absolutely. So they're actually they're actually on ESPN Plus. Starting tomorrow at six thirty, then they have a game at nine thirty. They play Kentucky. They're ranked eighteenth, and uh, follow follow <laughs> softball season. Ed Strong, he gives up, he gives live updates, so he's a good yeah. he's a good follow. Ed, to follow Ed does a great job. Just support Husky across athletics the across the board, but definitely, but Come definitely on. support Husky softball. Um, yeah, baseball starts that. tomorrow too. Yeah. Baseball's getting it fired up. Like softball is my favorite. Probably my like it's one and one a in terms of softball and football. Hey, you know if anybody so, you know yeah. whoever's watching, if you guys are trying to get to any of these games, man, let me know. You know what I'm saying I don't mind pulling up with y'all, having some fun. You know I, I I've only been to, I've been to one game and it was years ago, so uh, I'm technically still new at this. You know, but I'm definitely true to this too. So somebody uh, wanna. If somebody want to show me the ropes, you know, show me a good time, I'm, I'm with all that. So, dude, I was at the playoff game last year when Brooklyn uh-huh. Carter stole home. Fire! Dude, that shit was. I couldn't. Dude, even it was so far because I could. I'd like. I saw that coming. 
Like I saw like the catcher catch the ball and turn her head. I'm like, oh, this shit's coming, dude. She's gonna steal home. And she did. It was and sick. I, it looks like our was that yes, the game though. that tied the series, or was that the game that sent him to Omaha? I think it was it the was game a, that I sent him to Omaha. Because I was at the one that sent him to Oklahoma City. I remember it was a big a big play. Word to Peyton Manning. I remember play. But, no, we, yeah, yeah, but you were you were there. You yeah, you were Yeah, I, I was like, I remember yeah. I was like, is that the one? <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh. Or I or I saw yeah. I, 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 yeah, I saw I wasn't there. I, I wasn't I can't there. remember. I think I was in Seattle though. No, Hooligan. Yeah, I was in I'm Seattle. Sorry, but, was yeah, I wasn't there. And I, it looks like our, you know, I don't know. I'm still a new to this. I'm still, I'm, still you noob, I'm still a noob to this, but gym, the gymnastics, <laughs> the women's gymnastics looks like it's doing hella good too. Like they get records, record scores. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the judge, the judging type of little frustration seem to be a little over to kind of like evenly kind of calling some of these or, or rating some of these things. And uh, yeah, it looks like we doing, we doing pretty solid on uh, solid as well uh, in gymnastics too. So trying to, trying to get my acumen up for y'all. All right, y'all. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, we'll be back very soon. Like I said, we've got a conversation got coming up with Zach, Durf- with Zach Durfee. Say, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to keep after it. You keep after it. We'll see you on, uh, on the interwebs and on Husky Twitter. Um, I refuse <laughs> to call it X. Thanks for listening. Go dog, man. Bad Go dog. Yes, Go dog. Go dog. You can support this podcast at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod uw slash support. Thanks. Go dogs.